What's cracking, lovely people? is the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. It's Matt here. If you're a new listener, I'm a nutritionist by trade, but I started this show for a few reasons, really. Bit of a kind of personal development project. I like speaking to people around their own nutrition, exercise, how they work, how they thrive, how they perform, how they build resilience. But then also, obviously, to to get interesting individuals on the show for you to listen to just around your everyday lives, really. So I'm a huge fan of podcasts myself, and I started my own one around about a year ago. So this is season two. I've got over 50 episodes, so definitely dive back into some of the ones. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it, and uh, let's crack on. I've got Duncan Bottrell on the show today. So he is a digital designer. I'm really interested in the term information architecture as well. So there's loads of good stuff on his website. I'll make sure I link to the show notes in there. He's a climber based in London. And if I'm honest, we basically connected through Instagram. He was asking me about a banana bread recipe and um, yeah, how to tinker it. And, and I dropped him a line and he's come and given up some time to, to dive onto the show. So, mate, I'm really excited to have a conversation and, and welcome. Thank you very much. Cool. So I think it would just be great to give people a, a little bit of a background on yourself, really. You know, around your around your climbing, your physical activity, around your work, and and your and your passion for both. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Bit of, bit of background to me. Um, I currently work freelance in London as a designer, UX/UI. So um, working for small startups, for large corporations, changes monthly on a basis, and, and alongside that. Um, I try my best to do as much climbing as possible, so I'm semi-sponsored by two brands, Madrock from the USA and Nihil from uh, Holland. They, so I train most mornings, most days of the week, um, and then obviously do my freelance day day work. So that's kind of that's kind of my day to day. I kind of chose a freelance life so I could have a bit more time off in between contracts and hopefully use that time to travel the world, to do competitions, to see a bit more of the climbing community here and everywhere and just like live life a bit more was, was that was the plan essentially mm-hmm. and then obviously before we started recording you, you talked about yeah just just the roadmap for someone trying to develop their you know their ability to climb their their performances recovery all those kind of things and it would be interesting to, to get your perspective on 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 how to, you know, how to thrive and how to enhance performance. And I think obviously a lot of people drive straight into the diet. Um, but like like you were saying before we started recording the show, it's actually just some of the little bits and getting a little bit stronger and, and understanding, um, you know, how to do things before necessarily taking absolute um, massive inroads into into nutrition or into into kind of, um, you know, body compositional change. Yeah, I think... I think- the thing we see um, when you see a lot of people who come to the climbing world is they they come in they start enjoying it it's a great sport it's a great it's it's very enjoyable it's like we get I get a lot of comments when when I used to work as a, a climbing coach but that oh my god this is like going to the gym but it's fun mm. and you think wow why are you, why are you doing things that you're not enjoying so like it's a really enjoyable activity and it's one of those things it's like it's a skill based strength based activity so you you've got to think as well as be strong at the same time you can't just be the strongest person known to man and climb all these hard routes you've got to have a bit of skill and a bit of like now some thinking thinking about how to actually do the do the bowl do the routes and um, and you just we're sort of seeing as people get to a certain sort of level now in the climbing community that they're plateauing in strength they've made some good gains in the strength because they've 
side climbing, they've made some good finger strength gains, they've made some good skill waste gains, but they sort of plateaued out a bit. And and it seems like I'm here, no, I hear a few quite a lot, but people start going towards diet quite a lot. And I guess it's it's an easy thing to optimize and it's an easy thing to control yourself. Like you can't particularly control getting stronger quickly. It takes time. It takes time to a muscle, it takes time to build tendons. We know that. It takes a long time. Dropping a bit of weight potentially is a pretty quick fix if you do the right thing, right or wrong thing as they say. Um, so you get hearing a lot of people going towards that, and, and I know I I feel like it's a bit of a bad view. You've gotten me into a bit of a mess, to be really honest. Um, and it's kind of a bad way to go about it because I think there's a lot more gains to be made by learning some new skills, getting a bit stronger, persevering with the with the sort of the journey through your climbing. It takes a long time. Like if you're only climbing here, you can't expect to be the best ever. Mm. You've got to be. They think the people who are top athletes are climbing years and years and years and years and years before they get to that level. So, mm. but it's just. It's almost like a word of warning more than anything. Like, I've done it. I've been through it. Don't do it. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. And then, you know, obviously, we'll go into a little bit about your own personal experience. But I suppose because you're in so many different facilities, you compete, you speak to so many people, you obviously climb outdoors and things like that, too. When, when you're hearing conversations with people around um, diet and stuff like that, are people just you know, reducing portion size, are people cutting out meals altogether? Are people, you know, minimising a lot of alcohol or sugar? Like, how are people tending to do these things? And obviously, you know, one one short-term gains, but in the long run actually might, um, you know, damage themselves physically and and psychologically. You hear everything, you literally hear everything, probably. Um, A really good uh, example of this, which is quite amusing, I don't actually know the guy. So I was climbing a box wall in um, London, um, I was just like tooting around like I normally do doing my training um, and some guy came over to me and he was like dude you're pretty lean and like you've got, you haven't got much fat and you're like how did, you, how did you get that lean like I've started doing the keto diet because I think it's going to make me so much stronger mm. what are your opinions on it and I, and I said to him openly I said oh, why like, oh, how, how, first I like oh, how hard are you climbing what are you doing he's like oh I'm climbing like V2, V3, V4 and I was like oh, okay so that's, this is that sort of middle of the road kind of grade. It's like it's a reasonable grade, it's a good grade, you can grade it very well, but it's nothing special. Um, you can get a lot more out of just climbing a bit more, doing a bit of work, getting better at climbing rather than optimal diet. And I, was, and I said to him, I said, honestly, mate, I won't go anywhere near it. Like, look at climbing from a from a sports perspective, and this is this is what I've learned for the last year. We are doing between five and eight moves when you're bouldering. Um, at probably near maximum intensity if you're climbing your limit. That, from a sports nutrition point of view, is glycolytic. Um, you're not running marathons. You're not running this low intensity burn, which could, could be run off fat if your body does it. You're not doing max one rep max deadlifts, which again could potentially work off fat if your body adapts to it. You're doing. You're sat in a glycolytic window. You you know you're going to be burning through the carbs and muscles. So why not fuel it properly with a decent set of carbs. I'm not saying you should shy away from fats, I'm not saying you should shy away from like, that kind of stuff, but your optimal performance is going to be fueled by glycogen in your muscles. Mm. The quickest way to get that in is through carbohydrates rather than through fats and getting your body to convert it into carbs to put into muscles. So and that, that's the sports science of it. Like I went very low carb for a long time and it didn't do me any good. So mm. <laughs> It's just, you do hear everything. You hear people trying to optimise everything to the NT. And I think that's just a sports person because they want to get those mini gains out of whatever they can. Mm. And I, I'm hung up because I did the same. I optimised everything so optimally, it was not optimal. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, that makes sense from a kind of like a strange way. You try to just get everything in line. And then actually when you step back and take that 30,000 foot view, you know, you might not necessarily be in control and you might not be performing well because... Yeah, you're 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 under you're under fueling. You're in a calorie deficit. You you know you're trying to reduce the amount you eat to get leaner. But then, like you said, when you're doing some of those movements or you're you're holding tension and 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 you're you know you're ultimately burning through uh, muscle glycogen and things and 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 liver glycogen. You know you you're going to need some carbohydrates to an extent. Obviously, everyone's individual, but I think it's it's that important conversation around eating for performance and then and then eating for body composition change. And if you're you're someone that's 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 climbing and obviously you know far more about this than me and you are looking to perform well you know majority of the time you, you need to eat to meet energy needs really don't you yeah precisely i'm not saying you have to go and smash the amount of carbohydrates someone like a cyclist or someone who's doing some really really like high intensity crossfit or something like that you don't you potentially don't need that many but having some especially around your climbing workouts is mm. gonna is going to help your climbing it's mm. not it's not it's not a bad thing like and it's also about fueling life a bit. The grand, the grand scheme of things, like, are you, are you only fueling your climb performance, or are you, are you going to live a bit as well? Mm. Like, I, I had a bit of background. Me, I lived out in Chamonix for a year, um, doing a contract, which was, which was a great fun experience. And then this is kind of where it all tailed down with me. Um, and I optimize everything so much. The MC, it's probably it's where I've climbed my hardest. But was I actually living life at that point? I'm going to go with no. Mm. So, like, yes, I could climb really hard. Yes, I was strength to weight ratio amazing. I wasn't strong. I was strength to weight ratio was amazing. Um, but I, but like, life wasn't. You didn't. You didn't do life. If that makes sense. Mm. So it's not all about performance. Mm. I think people take a step back about that. Really. Mm. Mm. Definitely, and something has to give. You know, the majority of people that are listening to this, if they are active or. You know, some people potentially like yourself, semi-professional and professional, but then also working full-time, part-time, whatever it is, or if they have young families, you know, that there's there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure in certain in certain aspects, and eventually something will give. And and when you're trying to perform well, you know, you really do have to look after yourself. But then you know, is that at the consequence of other things? If if you like being social, or or if you like to you know stay out later after work and train early in the morning you do have to think about sleep so yeah it's about being organized but also being realistic and it's it's interesting your journey you know you've come through um obviously a lot but then you now you now hopefully have greased the groove and and you can figure out what works for you so maybe we dovetail into hearing a little bit about in a typical week now when when you've got a um yeah, uh, I suppose when you, now that you've evolved your food environment, your training environment, what what does that look like for you these days? I think, yeah, but just before, I think it's also important to, to point out that I think a lot of people see stuff on social media, on Instagram, and it's what professionals are doing and how they're fueling and how they're doing this, but they don't take, you don't take into account that that is their job. You're, they're not doing a nine-to-five as well. So they're not doing, they're doing maybe a bit extra training than you are. They probably are. They're probably doing like three, maybe four hours a day, some days. But then they haven't got anything else to do for that nine to five. Mm. That is recovery for them. Mm. Whereas we are doing our two, two and a half hours of training. Then we're doing a stressful nine to five. And then we're seeing repeating. So that stressful nine to five is not recovery in any way. You think it is. You're sat on a chair and maybe looking at a computer screen or whatever. You're thinking you're recovering. But actually, it's not. It's not the same as the stress. There's, it's not the same as what a professional athlete who have that time just literally do nothing. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a really good point, and it's such easy access now to be able to look at some of the people that 
that you know we really geek out on in in the sport or in the kind of nutritional training side of things that that we want to learn more about you can just jive straight onto that and, and and understand what people are doing and think that you can replicate it so yeah again you have to take a step back and it's it's refreshing for someone like yourself to to let people know about this because obviously if you're listening to this and and you really enjoy climbing it's, it's good to hear from someone who's very experienced and um yeah you, you seem very realistic driven and also um yeah passionate about communicating this to people yeah and it's also like even the stuff you see on instagram are they actually doing it is is what they post what they do or is that what they want people to see they do mm. you just it's a, it's a it's a world that's like sucked me in at times and i've been like oh i should do that i should do this but I, we don't you don't know it's it's a it's a portrayal of the, the, the best or the worst as i say you're never going to post the mundane stuff on instagram are you unfortunately mm. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to go on instagram and it's, and it's going to say today in my day was a great great no one's going to look at that yeah and it, it, I suppose if we stay on that point for a second, obviously with what you do now and and using Instagram and, and putting up photos and, and speaking to people, especially passionate climb, climbers or brands, how, how much of your working week or social life, you know, do, so not social life, you know, of your time, do you, do you put onto a platform like that or do you do you use other platforms? Maybe talk the listeners through that a bit. Um, I, I use Instagram here and there. Um just to sort of post my view things um, whether it's just trying to support my brands uh, new products stuff like that or post views on certain x y and z that i see here and there i try not to post too much like controversial stuff because i think there's a lot of bad stuff going around on instagram that makes people think in certain ways and causes very much anxiety for a lot of people mm. um it does the same for me as well because I see it and I'm like, wow, I should do that because I'm gonna because it's gonna make me so much stronger if I do that. Well, is it? I don't know. Mm. So you can do that. So yeah, I think it's take things with a pinch of salt and experiment what works for you is the best advice I can give to anybody because what is on Instagram is not always the truth. <laughs> Mm, 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 definitely but then I suppose you know with the medium of stories and and and, and minute-long videos and things like that it's it's interesting because a lot of people can can document some some good stuff when they're climbing or when they're you know they're doing oh, sure. a lot of these pursuits too so um who who do you like I suppose I can put some I can put some information in the show notes obviously I'll link to your to your site your Instagram if, if anyone else is climbing or into that kind of you know out, out, outdoors scene who do you like to follow or when you've got time who do you listen to as well Oh, a tricky one. Uh, oh, that's a tricky one. Who do I follow actually on Instagram in the climbing scene? Yes, yeah, so it's always when you reflect on I don't know who you swipe over to the most amount of time. It's I mean, actually. I try to not spend that much time just swiping because I find it a bit of like a what am I doing with my life kind of like when I'm looking through stories. No, fair. We can come back to it. We can come back to it. I think There's if we. Kind of, probably, probably actually more the things that pop to mind than climbers. Um, I follow some CrossFit athletes just because I quite like their mindset. Um, so any of the big CrossFit CrossFit athletes like from the US or from like, you know everywhere, I just quite like their mindset about how they do stuff. Um, mm. It's very much let's like let's try hard, let's fuel for performance, let's get stronger, let's get the technique better, and the last thing we optimize is diet. Mm, mm, mm. And once we have the technique down, the strength down, everything else is perfect. Let's look at everything. I just quite, quite like that mindset, so I follow that a bit at the moment. Um, mm. In terms of client, oh, it's a tricky one. I don't yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, there's no one shout out. I can just follow loads over the world. Sure. But, 
No, but I think that's good. I think it's interesting to to pull yourself out of your sport and, and, and look to get inspiration from other things. And I think we've crossed it because there's so many things involved, you know, weightlifting, endurance, you know, gymnastics. And then obviously there's there's a lot more money on the line now. So you get people coming from all kinds of sporting and athletic backgrounds to compete. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an absolute cauldron. And it's grown in, incredibly. And I think, you know, anyone and everyone has, has slid into a box or they've tried something. And it's, it's just incredible how it's developed. And the people at the top, like you said, they are, you know, incredibly inspirational figures. I think of people like Matt Fraser or... Um, trying to think that you know the the uk based uh, female athlete sam briggs she's got a place up in manchester you know they are really machines but like you said it is it's a lot of work and it is all about the detail with them and their training yeah sure i think i think some climb and a lot of climbers like that as well a lot of people are reading that detail really naming it down like if you see uh, a shout out to lattice who do a lot of the training plans for a lot of people that they're doing. They're really into the detail. They'll do all this measuring. They'll do performance testing and work out where your your weaknesses lie. Because it's not always in a certain thing. Like you could have the strongest fingers in a man, but be more weak in other areas in your shoulders, and that's what's stopping you. That's limiting you. And they, they they perform these assessments on people, and they and they work out where you need to apply your training to get to the place you want to be, essentially. Um, which is nice, and it's nice that that's coming into the climbing community, and it's not just a bit of guesswork now, basically. Well, that's cool. So is that something where do, do they have designated facilities or do they have people that come in and, um, you know, they might be attached to certain climbing gyms or things like that and you can, and you can pay for a, an assessment? How does that work? Uh, they're a company themselves, a business Sheffield. It's set up by one of, one of some of the guys I used to work with at the Loughborough Climbing Wall, um, Tom Rand and Ollie. Um, and, yeah, they, 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 they do assessments around the UK, either themselves or they have assessors and they, yeah, they have a set of different assessments that you do and you work out where your strengths and weaknesses lie from that. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, that's a really good resource. I'll, I'll grab that off you um, after the show, and I'll, and I'll stick that in the show yeah. notes as well for people to dive into. Cool. Okay. So if we can explore for a few minutes around... Yeah, that, that, that whole kind of concept, fuel for the work required, fuel for function. You know, we obviously got chatting around a simple kind of banana bread recipe, energy dense. It's a kind of portable form of nutrition. Um, maybe, maybe if we can pick up a quick conversation around, yeah, you're, you're on the go, you're traveling, you're working, you're climbing all the time. Just just give us a little roadmap around how you navigate things nutritionally. Um, for me, at the moment, at this time in my life, it's changed massively over the last probably even like six months something since I started working with Rini and other people. Um, I didn't feel enough by nearly my account for what I was kind of doing on my day-to-day basis. I'm probably training on average two, two and a half hours a day in the morning um, before work, and then I was completing nine to five. And occasionally, uh, sometimes in the evening doing like a bit of yoga or something a bit less stressful, but something still to keep active and keep moving once you sat down at the desk for all day. And I really wasn't feeling this well enough. But now my sort of what I try and do is just it's just keep it simple. And that's what I found that I feel best on. So it's generally whole foods, um, which I don't think is a bad thing, but just keeping it as simple as possible. We don't need to make the tarty salad, the massive epic meal that you see on Instagram every day. It doesn't have to be the prettiest avocado toast you've seen in your life. Mm. Food is fuel, essentially. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, if you feel good having it, then stick with what works for you. Um, you'll see people eating mountains and mountains of like vegetables every single day because that's what they think they should do. And we know it's we know it's good for you. And they can make loads of vitamins and minerals, but at the expense of having energy, is that the right thing to do? Mm. I 
my current my current like fueling needs, I just keep it as simple as possible, keeping food as whole as possible. Lots of sweet potatoes, lots of rice, lots of good cuts of meat with like that not specifically lean, like I ate lots of like ribeye and fairly mm. like fattier cuts of meat because I'm enjoying them. They taste really good, so why not? Um mm. but yeah, yeah, keeping it whole, keeping it Mm. As, yeah, and mm. take, make it tasty. <laughs> mm, definitely, like you said, it ha- you, there's no there's no way to generalise it. It has to be individual. You know, I like that yeah. you covered taste profile of foods is ultimately the, one of the most important things because then you, you're going to be compliant if you're going to follow a certain eating pattern to fuel or to recover or whatever it is. It needs to taste good because you'll continue to do it and you'll and you'll continue to be compliant. So, and I think also there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Like you said there, if you are feeling good and you've got a bit of a routine, you know, before, during and after training or competition, you don't have to fly in all these kind of new things on the block. So it is, um, it's, it's why good. Why change it if, you, if it works? Um, and it's all about experiments. Like some, like you will feel like better. Some things you have days good and bad days. Like it's just about working out where where you sit and what you want to do with your thing. Like, do you feel better eating six meals a day or do you feel better eating two huge ones a day? Like, mm. no, no one will work for anybody. Mm. Um, we mm. just try what works for you and see where see where you are. Mm. You know, during your your couple of hours climbing, what what do you what do you do during your climbing sessions? Again, obviously, it's depending on what you want to achieve in that session. Do you, do you have things around you on your on on your body? Like, how does that work in terms of your food and your hydration? Um, if it goes generally under two hours or two hours and under, I don't have anything. Just water and maybe have a coffee pre-training. Um, it goes over two hours. I generally have some kind of bar knocking around in my bag, whether it's like. Have you, you know, have you seen the RX bars? Yeah. The, the USA brand, they're quite good because they're pretty simple. They're just dates, egg whites. Nuts. Sure. They're pretty well, they're quite tasty. And a lot of the dates is like, I, I find I absorb the sugar from dates pretty quickly and pretty well, and it gives me a little instant energy boost. I'm not sure I'm saying for everybody, but I find that mm. works well for me. Um, but something like that will just give me a little boost. Um, I generally try and make sure our training sessions are not hugely long mm. because I enjoy training most days. Mm, that makes um, sense. I'd rather spend two and a half hours a day training and do it six days a week or six, seven days a week if I'm doing it that rather than have a monster five hour session and then not be able to train the next day. Mm. That's just me. Cool. Cool. No, it's, 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 it's really good to get your perspective on some of these things. And, um, yeah, like you said, you have to tinker, you have to kind of individualize things. And because you're, li- you know, you're little and often, obviously two hours sounds like a huge amount if, if, if you're new to climbing, but with someone like yourself, because you've, you're a very experienced, you've, you've greased the groove around what works. Yeah, I've so over time, it's, ta- it's taken me many years of doing that every day to be able to sustain that. And some weeks I'll still overdo it and I'll feel like in the week I'll feel like, God, I'm absolutely shot. And so how how long have you been how long have you been climbing and and um yeah the second question and and to kind of finish things off are you are you excited that you know more people are coming to this sport is it's definitely growing and and especially with a lot of these sites and things in London it's it's a huge social for for people as well it's a nice bit of escapism it's a bit of training people using their upper bodies if they've just been used to running all the time what do you for sure what, no it's definitely I've been climbing well like try climbing trying to climb hard since university so it's probably going to be a good eight years now um in terms of like it growing i think it's a great thing i think the more people get into it the, the better essentially but on the pretense that the climbing gyms still cater for like the people getting better as well so 
there seems to be a little bit, not in a negative way, particularly a trend in London at the moment, that the client gyms are making everything a little bit easier because obviously that's where the money market is. Mm. Uh, they know the money is made at the lower grades, so that's where they put their effort into. And they're kind of not forgetting, but forgoing the people who are climbing really high, who are their regular members. Mm. Um, because it's a money-driven world. Whereas if you take that out and look in places like Holland or places like that, well, the market still is the lower end climber because there are more people climbing that grade, they, but they will still set really hard stuff for the higher end climber because they value that at the same time. So I think it's going to take a little while to catch up to that. Uh, the German gyms, the European gyms seem to have it sort of nailed currently. Mm. The UK one's not so much yet, but I think it's hopefully going to catch up soon. Mm. Um, and it's also about the environment they make. So obviously London is a very busy place. It's not, there's not particularly that much space for the climbing gyms. So, so they just kind of cram as much water as possible and sort of forgo the chilling out areas. Mm-hmm. Um, as an example, like the climbing gym went out to New Utrecht, had a massive chill out area, had like a bar and everything that when you finish climbing, you're just happy that, you know what, it's a nice place to be. I just want to chill, I'll have a beer, mm. I'll sit around. Yeah, this is great, I have a chat. Whereas quite a lot of in London, I don't feel like I want to do that yet. Mm-hmm. And Yonka, which is a new one, up at um, Black Horse Road is getting that way it's got a great chill area it's got a great cafe it's mm. a nice place to be um, but some of the other ones are not so much there you kind of finish your training you're like you know what I kind of just want to go and yeah, I need to get out of there. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's that fine balance between, like you said, if they want to pack it full of people or if they want to make it a bit more of a social scene or people go that are at a higher level. It depends on the person sure. running it, really. But it's good. It's, you know, that if these places are popping up and more people are getting into the sport, then that's awesome. But then, like you said, people who are more experienced, like yourself, you know, you need to find um, places to train and, and really progress as well. So, no, it's, it's really interesting. It's something that... You know, again, I don't have a lot of experience in in terms of climbing myself or, or working with 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 many climbers, but I think it's interesting. You know, you can apply principles depending on duration and intensity in terms of nutrition, like you've spoken about there. And I think knowing your own body, recovering, and um, yeah, just just progressing through the balance between when when you start to do uh, do things a lot more seriously, or or you know, you're you're climbing and you're traveling. It's making sure that that life and and everything else um, you can balance it out really so it's uh, no it's... I think the one I don't know I can't say this to me the important uh, the really important not important point but why would we want to eat less than we can do mm. like mm. if that makes sense you eat as much as you can to, the, to, to fuel the performance that you want to get mm. if that mm. makes sense so like our bodies are pretty adaptable Instagram makes us feel like the arms Instagram makes us feel and social media makes us feel if we eat one calorie too much we'll stop putting on pounds and pounds of weight. And that's not the case. Like, if anyone's ever tried it, it does not look like There's such a big, wide balance where you don't change. And your body just adapts and goes, you know what, I'm going to burn these extra calories by wigging around in your chair when you're side your desk or X, Y, and Z. Mm. Um, so, like, there's such a different thing. So why not enjoy the stuff you do and have eat as much as you can for your performance? Like, I'm currently trying to gain as much weight as possible because I'm still like I'm not 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 as heavy as I want to be, and yeah, it takes a lot of fuel. Mm. So it's mm. like your point: make it delicious. You don't want to be cramming down plain chicken and rice every day if you don't enjoy it. Make it delicious. Mm. Makes you a little bit easier. <laughs> mm. yeah, I totally agree, and I think that's a great pl- place to finish. You know, you have to enjoy things first. Be be pragmatic. Be organised. Be realistic, and and you know, seek tasty food. That's absolutely fab. Yeah, whether that's like for you, if that if that tasty food 
is a McDonald's burger, then go for it. If that tasty food for you is plain rice and, and, and chicken, go for it. Whatever you like, you know. Mm, mm. I'm not going to tell you what's right or wrong. Have what you enjoy. No way. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. Cool. So I'll obviously link to some of the things we spoke about in the show notes. Do you want to let people know how they can follow you or, um, you know, contact you? Or is there any more information you want to let people know about? Uh, I guess my Instagram's just Duncan Bottrell. Um, follow me on there. I think my, my Twitter's the same, but I'm more of an Instagram user. So, yeah, follow me on Instagram at Duncan Bottrell. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And where's your next? Um, where's your Where's your next competition, or what, what are you doing climbing wise? If people can follow that, or if they're uh, um, in the I'm area, I'm not exactly sure where next. I'm hoping to start getting some trips planned soon out to Europe, maybe somewhere to get, actually get some sunshine and get some real rock exposure. Pretty lovely because I've been kind of hitting the freelance digital time market a bit too hard lately and not getting enough of the downtime and enjoying my life. So hopefully, planning a trip soon for that. Apart from that, it would be sort of the London-based comp. So any of the ones at the box wall or around London, I'll probably be attending a few of those. There's, there's monthly or bi-monthly ones in regular places, so I'll be I'll be down at those. And then if you're ever at Vauxhall West, the one under Vauxhall Station in the morning, um, I'm pretty much there every day, sort of six day to nine o'clock. Cool, cool, yeah, decent. And you know, look, he's a super approachable guy. If if I'm honest, we we spoke what an hour and a half two hours before starting recording the show and yeah. you dived on and gave me some time so yeah absolutely appreciate this and um lovely people thanks for listening uh, everything will be in the show notes if you haven't listened to an episode before i think i'll be up at around oh, 50 or 60 episodes now once this one goes live so again really really enjoying doing this and, and thank you everyone for listening i'm up at around eight or nine thousand listens which is absolutely fab and i'll continue to bring epic people on the show like duncan so have a good week everyone and we'll speak soon